Gracious God and Father, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. So, uh, this is a little exercise. I want you to fill in the blanks, uh, complete the sentence, in other words. Sentence number one, all religions lead to the same place, okay? All steeples point up. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere sincere okay now I don't believe any of those things I hope you don't either but the vast majority of Americans do in fact over 70 percent of Americans believe that Jesus is just one way among many others of getting to heaven or the afterlife whatever you imagine that to be 65 percent of self-identifying Christians believe that Jesus is not the only way to heaven. And get this, 56% of evangelical Christians, I mean, we are evangelical Christians. We're at, in fact, we're the original evangelicals, meaning of the gospel. We focus on the gospel. 56% of evangelical Christians say that Jesus is not the only way to God. And by the way, those figures are 10 years old. And I could, these were the most recent I could find. And the way trends go, I hate to think what the figures are now. So all of this is an example of what we would call religious pluralism. And that's Roman numeral one on your outline. Religious pluralism is the belief that all religions are equally good and equally valid ways to God. And therefore, Jesus is just one option among many others. So religious pluralism posits this kind of a false Christ. He doesn't stand for anything he doesn't say anything controversial that will upset any other religious ideology. And he certainly never claims to be the truth. He's just one option among many. And uh, if, if you doubt what I'm saying about the state of religion in America today, I would just rewind with you back to the late 1970s and the movie, Oh God, which, thank God, I never saw, okay? But everyone, I think, has seen that famous um, episode or part of the movie where John Denver is talking to George Burns, he's God, and he asks George Burns, is Jesus your son? And George Burns, this is 1977, George Burns says, yes, Jesus is my son, long pause, and Mohammed is my son, and Moses is my son, and Buddha is my son. Such was the state of religious knowledge in Hollywood 
1977, and I think it sort of percolates down to the masses. Well, point A in your outline, religious pluralism emphasizes the similarities among religions, and those similarities really focus, uh, kind of revolve around morality. And, and there's a good reason for that. The Bible affirms the same thing. Morally speaking, all religions tend to be similar. You know why? Because according to St. Paul in Romans 2, the law is written on the heart. The moral law of God is written on the hearts of all people. We, we all agree murder is wrong. Adultery is wrong. Bearing false witness is wrong. You see, this is intuitive with us because we're created by a moral being who plants this moral sensitivity within us all. But that's where the similarities end. Because religious pluralism neglects the differences among the religions. And those differences are many. They, they revolve around the nature of God. Is he a monad, a solitary being, or is he a triad of persons, a communion of persons, one God in three persons? The nature of God, salvation, how is a person saved? The afterlife, is there an afterlife? What does it look like? What, what is it like? All of these are very real differences among the various religions, and religious pluralism simply ignores them. It's not convenient to acknowledge those things. And point B, this pluralism is nothing new. It's very, very old. It goes back to ancient Israel. Ancient Israel struggled throughout its history with religious pluralism. Deuteronomy 6, 4, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. He is not many. He's not many different beings out there that you should worship. He is one being that you should worship to the exclusion of all the rest. And yet Israel struggled with it because the influence of the nations around Israel the Israelites became pluralists. And in fact, they were carried into exile because of their continual flirtations with, or love affair, with pluralism. And ancient Rome was no different. In fact, if you want to have a big tent like the Roman Empire was, and it was a very big tent, you have to tolerate all kinds of religious beliefs, and Rome did. The only thing Rome was intolerant of was Christianity because Christianity insisted that Jesus alone was Lord, not Caesar. The Christians were unpatriotic in that they would not acknowledge the pantheon of gods. In fact, you can go to Rome today and walk into the pantheon, this uh, wonderfully uh, designed building that is dedicated to all the different gods that Rome acknowledges. And the early Christians died because of their refusal to dance with the pluralistic mistress. Point C, this pluralism is an illusion. It is an illusion. 
and it contradicts itself. It contradicts itself. You may have read the poem uh, by John Saxby, I think. I, I don't, no, don't quote me on that. I probably got his name wrong. Uh, but it's the blind men and the elephant. And, and that really typifies the view of religion today in Western culture. And that this poem is about six blind men who are describing the elephant. Each is holding on to a different part of the elephant. And each believes that its part of the elephant describes the entire elephant. For example, the blind man holding the trunk says, well, I think the elephant is something like a snake. And another blind man holding on to the leg of the elephant says, no, I think the elephant's like a tree trunk. Another has his hands on the side of the elephant. He says, no, I think the elephant is something like a wall. And another has the tail. And he says, no, the, the elephant is like a rope. And that's a metaphor. It's, it's, an, it's meant to be an illustration of religious knowledge. That all the various religions have their take on the truth, but none of them see the big picture. We're all blind. No one's seen God after all, right? We're all blind with respect to God, and so, but we imagine that we see the whole thing when we really don't. And so the poem is intended to show you that every religion is narrow-minded because it thinks it sees the entire elephant. But the trouble with that illustration is this. The only way you can know that all religions are equally good and none of them have the whole truth is if you think you see the entire elephant. The illustration does not work unless you believe that you have a view of religious knowledge that is superior to all other views of religious knowledge. If you really think that no religion is superior to another, and that no religion gets you to heaven better than any other, you are achieving the superior knowledge that you deny that other religions possess. Therefore, it's impossible for you to be inclusive. No one is inclusive when it comes to truth. Every view of truth is necessarily exclusive of other views. That's the nature of truth. If something is true, it's only true because something else is false, you see. That's the nature of truth. And that's why the real Jesus does make exclusive claims to truth. You know that a Jesus is false if he never makes exclusive claims, because truth itself is exclusive by definition. So point two in your outline, Roman numeral two, exclusivism Exclusivism is the belief that there's only one true religion or way to God. That's exclusivism. There's only one true religion, one true way to God. And this applies to all truth, all religions, all people, including atheists. Atheists make the truth claim that there is no God. That is itself a claim to truth, you see. 
and it's exclusive of the view that there is a God. It excludes that opinion. You see, all truth is exclusive, and all people hold truths. Point B, Jesus alone claimed to be God. And he corroborated that claim by miracles, fulfilling prophecies, by forgiving sins, and by rising from the dead. If everyone claims to have truth, the acid test then is, which truth claims are borne out by the evidence? Which truth claims reflect reality? Jesus corroborates his claim by miracles, fulfilled prophecies, forgiving sins, which only God can do, and rising from the dead. He backs up his claim. And point C, Jesus did not say Christianity is the way and the truth and the life, but I am the way, the truth, and the life. We should not say Christianity is the way, the truth, and the life because there are many adulterated forms of Christianity out there which I would not subscribe to, nor should you. And secondly, to claim that Christianity is the way, the truth, and the life is to put the focus on the Christian rather than on the Christ. It pits Christians against everyone else. And that's exactly what the devil wants. Our witness is never about us versus them, whoever they are. It's about the Jesus who is for them. Our witness is about the Jesus who died in their place for their sins at the cross. That's our witness. All of us struggle at times with the words of Jesus. All of us at one time or another have cringed at the claims he makes for himself. And many in the church today are ashamed of his words. Why? Because we pay more attention to the world than we do to the Word. We're more concerned about what the world thinks than what God thinks of us. And we fear the judgment of men more than we fear the judgment of God. Religious pluralism creates a false Christ who simply sits on the same shelf with every other great religious leader. And worse yet, many Christians put Jesus on the very same shelf with every other religious leader. And worse yet, many of us don't even object when people in our community do that. As individuals and collectively as the body of Christ, we need to repent of that fear of man. We need to remember that, yes, Jesus makes claims that are 
more far-reaching than any other human being ever made. But he not only makes those claims, but he backs them up with his miracles, with his rising from the dead. No one else in history makes such claims as Jesus, but no one else could make good on them either. We don't proclaim ourselves. We don't proclaim a particular faith or anything else that we possess. We proclaim a man who possesses us. We proclaim a man who is not one option among many. He's not just another prophet. The man we proclaim is the mediator between God and humanity. The man we proclaim did not come to show us the way. He is the way. He did not come to bring us closer to truth. He is the truth. He did not come to show us how we can find life. He is life itself. No one else makes such claims. Because no one else can. That's the real Jesus. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.